Tonight it's a contentious one and one I'd love you to participate in if you're in any way involved in the mining industry, whether you are a miner, whether you are a former miner, whether you're somebody who has been watching from the sidelines, whether you work in government or the or, or the industry, whether you're considering digging a hole in the ground with the prospect of taking something out of it, whether you're thinking, well, I was thinking of doing that, but I'm not going to do it anymore. Any of that sort of stuff, I'd love to hear from you this evening on 021-446-0567-011-883-0702 because it's the science of the mining charter. Brandon Ersigler is the director at Strata Legal. It's mining charter version three, they call it, but isn't it four? Because the first one was leaked and was as bad as one is when it caused complete havoc in the mining industry. Is this three or four? What is it, Brandon? It's Mining Charter 3. Good evening, Bruce. Um, There was a a previous incarnation, also called Mining Charter 3, which was Mr. Zuma Zwane, who put it out for comment, uh, and it was interdicted, um, which I think you can gather from that, the the response from the industry. It was completely impractical and would have destroyed the industry. So in every way, um, this revised mining charter three is is a great improvement. The first mining charter was, what, 17 years ago or thereabouts? Yeah. Yeah. So that was, it came out with the MPRDA and its primary focus was to assist in the conversion of your old order mining rights or the mineral rights that you had under the Minerals Act into the new order mining rights or as they should really probably be called mining licenses. So that, that was the charter then. Then we had the 2010 charter that was a, um, an indicator from the DME then how they wanted to see the industry further transform itself. And then we got the disastrous Charter 3 in 2017, and we uh, now have a a much improved Charter 3 in 2018. Okay. Now, summarize, please, if you would, for me, in 30 seconds or less. Um, (laughs) Now, you can take a little bit of time, but just the key points, good, bad, and ugly, and we can divide them any way you like, of uh, what is contained in the Mining Charter. It's a a weighty and complex and jargon-filled document. It is, but having said that, it is a much better drafted document, which lawyers always appreciate, not so that we can create further complexity or <laughs> find <not>. loopholes <laughs> where there might be, but but simply so we can advise our clients and 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 steer them hopefully in the right direction as to what they what their obligations actually are. So it's 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 actually delightful to have a mining charter that looks like it's been drafted or had some legal input. So the first major issue is the once empowered, always empowered issue has finally been almost certainly put to bed. And the Charter 3 divides its attention between mining rights that were issued before Charter 3 was um, promulgated. And remember, this is just a draft for comment. And mining rights that are to be issued after Charter 3. So it spends a great deal of time saying, if you were ever compliant at the 26% level and even if you are no longer compliant because your partner has exited and it doesn't say because your partner de-empowered themselves at a higher level, but that's implied, I think, you are compliant. And your only obligation is to top up from 26 to 30%. Now, there are a few caveats with that. And the, the first caveat is if you transfer the right, it's back to the beginning. So don't do that. Okay, well, well explain what is transferring the right. So if I sell a right, so it uses the word transfer, it doesn't say sell or buy. Um, to another party, your continuing recognition doesn't apply any further. 
So the the new the person taking transfer of the right is going to have to do a thirty percent BE transaction. Right. Okay. Gotcha. But but it's important to note that doesn't apply to a change of control of a company that holds a right. So if you sell your shares, you're not going to be in that position. All right. But I mean, so this is once empowered, always empowered mm. thing is interesting because I had the chat with the chief executive of Vodacom the other day and I said, but you did a B deal previously. He said, well, mm. our charter doesn't provide for once empowered, always empowered. There seems to be a contradiction across different sectors and different industries. And surely we need a standard across business in South Africa. Either once you've been empowered, you're always empowered. Can we really sustainably have different charters with different levels of empowerment? I think in the mining industry, the background and the history and the emotions around it are important to remember. And so the mining charter, in every incarnation, reflects the most egregious violations of people's rights. So there's always the fact that black people could not buy equity or hold mining rights. So that's a big issue. Housing is a big issue. Um, Uh, social and labor development, employee equity, all the the iniquities of the past are addressed in in detail in mining charters. So to answer your question, it is a moving target. It always will be a moving target, I think. Hopefully there's some stability and we reach a point at which we say, okay, we're happy with the industry as it is. But it must be remembered that there there has been some internal consistency in each charter. Okay, so once empowered, always empowered is a great positive um, yes. for South Africa for South African mining companies. There is this thing um, which is called the free carry, the ten yeah. percent free carry. This is an allocation within the the mining charter that any new projects need to incorporate BE partners from communities and to and workers and say here is ten percent of the company. You don't have to do anything. Just Take the 10%, and that is payback for saying to a community, we're digging a hole in your land, and we, we, we may cause some damage and cause some disruption. We mm-hmm. create some jobs, and we'll do all of that sort of stuff. But it's a way of dealing with some of the great injustice of the past where communities have been treated as sixth-class citizens in, in many of these cases. Yeah, often just as obstructions. But uh, first of all, the, the term free carry isn't defined in Charter 3. So we have to go to you know, what we traditionally think free carry is, which is, as you say, a percentage of equity, which cannot be diluted. Um, so if there's a capital call, as there often is in mining, because the RAND's gone the wrong way or your commodity is not as profitable as it once was, the, those those holders of those rights are immune and they can't be diluted. Now, that's not defined. Um, and so that it's almost a guaranteed right to any dividend declaration. So, for example, let's just take a hypothetical case that mm. this mining charter was in place 10 years ago and Lonman did an empowerment deal and there was a 10% free carry on a Lonman. And Lonman, mm. as we know, has done rights issue after rights issue after yeah. rights issue. You would have the empowerment shareholders entitled to probably 50% of the, the, the profits of Lonman, if not more. I mean, Lonman has so been so Assuming badly there diluted. are profits of Lonman. Yeah, okay, um, okay, okay. Um, we, we're living in la-la land and hypothetically, <laughs> of course. Um, but, but, but it's just to illustrate the point is when there are rights issue after rights issue after rights mm. issue, 
um, that 10% free carry has extraordinary consequences. It, it does. And I must say that Lonman is a good client of mine. So um, I apologize to anyone <laughs> from Lonman who's you, listening. You're going to miss those guys very, very much. Yes. I, I have no intention of missing them. I think they're going to be around for the long term. They may be around, but you're not going to the same meetings anymore because you were so uh, rude and unkind to them. Gosh, I hope I am. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, Bruce, the, the point is, first of all, new projects um, in terms of definition, that's, that's not correct. As long as the mining right is held prior to Charter 3, that's fine. Okay. It's new mining rights that are issued. So if you've done your prospecting and, and you're building up towards applying for mining right, you're going to need that 30%. To answer your question on dilution, yes. So I... It's it's not a nicely defined concept. It's just thrown out there. It's found in one portion of of an otherwise quite comprehensive document. So I I don't know if it's a negotiating gambit. You know, if you look at Botswana, they have free carry, but it gets vested into a central repository and then decide if it wants to co-invest so as to keep up with its capital contribution. Okay, yeah, you, you, uh, uh, Brandon, you, you're mm. speaking a foreign language. Um, uh, let's take I the, apologize. The, no, 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 it's fine. I mean, you, it's a language that you use every single day, but for, for, for schmucks like myself, um, <laughs> we're sitting here going, hold on a second, this is really interesting. I know it's interesting, I just don't understand what you're talking about. Let's talk about it in, in more detail, because I'd love to understand what Botswana has done mm. with this concept of free carry versus what we think South Africa might do and what we can mm. learn from Botswana. But what's very clear to me in this discussion with Brandon Erslinger this evening is he's directed Strata Legal is that there is a huge amount of space for negotiation and discussion and for clarity to be provided. That's the important bit here. Something that under Mosabenzi Zwane there was absolutely no room for it all. This yeah. is the mining charter which has been tabled uh, on Friday last week. There was a big media conference on Sunday um, with the, with the, the mineral resources minister Gwede Mantashe um, and uh, the industry has pushed back against some points. We discussed those points questions, any points you want to raise, 011-883-0702-0214460567. Brandon Ersliger is the director at Strata Legal. He's with us this evening. We're doing the science of the mining charter. Um, this idea of free carry, you say Botswana's got this free carry, but the mm. state holds the free carry, and then there's lots of um, there's lots of variations on what they can do with it. As the, our mining charter stands right now, the free carry, my elementary understanding, is that this is so that we can see communities and workers empowered. It, it, it seems as blunt an instrument as that, is it not? Yeah, yeah, I think it is. But as I said, it's it's a one line uh, or a small paragraph, and it doesn't really follow through in, in, in other aspects. The other thing to remember about communities um, and employees is a lot of um, mining employees have benefited under ESOPs already. Whether they're in the money or not is you know depends on the commodity again. And communities are benefited um, in terms of uh, a document you have to provide when you submit your mining um, application, which is a social and labor plan. And in there, you are obliged to articulate exactly what you're going to do for your community, your upliftment projects, the way you're going to reach out, how you're going to try and employ people in your mine. Um, so that it's not like they're being neglected um, completely at the moment. And there has been, I think, a a major change in, in mining companies' approach to the communities um, in the past five years. So, yeah, this, this I think, came as a surprise uh, to the industry. I mean, it's always within the purview of the minister to make any decision he wishes. 
Um, but I think it's something that has to be, you know, the knock-on effects, as you point out, using the example you did, is exactly right. There is another area that I'd like to discuss, Bruce, and, and this, I think, has been overlooked in the equity debates and the trickle dividends and the, you know, these um, these other issues. And that's the way the obligations to empower have been pushed down really heavily on the supply chain. So if you look at goods and services, they have massive or seemingly um, massive obligations in terms of um, acquiring 80%, 70% of your total spend in terms of goods and services from empowered entities, um, or at least level four and 26% um, um, equity, black equity owned entities. And that's the base level. And then going forward into what they call black entrepreneurs, uh, women and youth. And foreign owned um, or controlled suppliers are particularly penalized by having to pay a 0.5% um, t- uh, t- uh, percentage on turnover in terms of their South African business. So, you know, this is going to affect the broader mining industry. And this is the second level of transformation that we're seeing because these these levels of empowered spending are uh, I, I think that's the conversation that's not yet taken place and is going to surprise a lot of people who are going to be supplying the industry. Is it not quite a clever mechanism, though? Because if it, it sort of feeds into what Rob Davies is trying to do at the DTI. It seems like a far more cohesive approach. Whether it's smart or not and whether it's fair or not is up for discussion. But it's saying that mining isn't only about extraction. It is all about so much of what goes into the process of mining. It, yeah, and and yeah. people who supply the mining industry may take offense to it and they can fight their corner i don't think they should take offense i think this is the next step Mm. in transforming the industry and and it's just in in the debate around um important debate around once empowered always empowered and these other um you know issues that are of direct importance to the chamber of minds who's been doing the negotiations they're not terribly concerned with um, their suppliers. They're going to pass on this obligation as they should. It is a good thing. I think it's a very good thing. You know, we all said, oh, well, you know, South Africa, uh, it's uh, mining's not what it was until the, you know, until the commodity prices hit and we realized how much spin-off in terms of banking fees and merchant banks and all sorts of people made money out of transactions and supplying the industry. And this pushes that um, agenda rightly. But it is something that people are going to have to get up to speed with very quickly. Uh, and, it, I mean, the sort of industries that's going to affect isn't just the people who do the catering. It's not going to affect the people who do the trucking. It's not going to affect just the people who do that. It is goes into absolutely every facet of yes. the economy. It, 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 it's, it's sort of the tentacles reach deep. Yeah, um, and and the, the mining charter sets out exactly who is a supply of services and who is, you know, what goods are included um, with, with some detail. People have five years to achieve these targets, these 80% and 70% um, empowered spend targets. But there are transitional provisions which have fairly steep year, one year, two year, three, etc. many, you know, sub-targets within them. Um, and... Uh, they, you know, it's 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 going to it's going to hit. Uh, no one's fighting the supplier's corner, saying this is ridiculous because it doesn't really matter too much to the, the as I've said to the miners, because they'll simply say to their suppliers, empower chums, um, or lose our business. And yeah, um, I, I think it's. I think it's the broader industry should take note of this, of these obligations. Um, and and it, it it has the opportunity of of a really broad based 
transformation of South African business and society. Very briefly, is the, what is going to be the biggest sticking point? What is going to cause the biggest fight um, uh, when it comes to this? Uh, when it com- when it comes to this charter? Can I give you three? Please, very briefly. So one minute for three. <laughs> Off we go. As we've discussed, the, um, the free carry is going to be an issue. The second issue is the trickle dividend. Um, it's not as bad as it looks, but people need to look carefully at it. The third industry, the third um, issue is the, the board representation and the mandatory um, empowerment, uh, levels of empowerment at the board. Um, I think that's, that's going to really push um, a transformation agenda within um, you know the management and uh, of businesses, and that's there might be some pushback, but on what grounds I don't know. Brian, thank you very much. Brandon, I beg your pardon. Thank you very much for coming in. He's got a brother called Brian, I'm sure. Brandon Hazigula, <laughs> thank you very much. Director at Strata Legal this evening, coming giving us the good, the bad, the ugly, the complicated, and certainly the detail of some of the biggest issues in mining charter version three. It's going to be a really interesting couple of months as these issues are discussed, negotiated, and moved upon within the mining industry um, as as we look at the way in which this industry is changing.